Welcome to episode 617 of the PS Nation podcast. Uh, we're recording later because I didn't stop playing Division and these guys waited for me. So uh, my name is Dave Hunt. I'm one of your hosts and I'm joined by Michael Swick. Heroes come in all shapes and sizes. I'm not saying me and Josh are a hero for waiting a half hour, <laughs> but we deserve some sort of medal of honor of some kind. Not the medal of honor, but a medal of honor. Uh, all right. Uh, so speaking of the other person that d- deserves some kind of award, uh, Josh Langford. That's me. And I, 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 I do say we're heroes because, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. I'll just chalk up me playing Division. I should have just said my Skype's updating is what I should have said. And you guys wouldn't have known. <laughs> and except we check PSN. <laughs> and you were streaming, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we got a pretty uh, heavy news week. Uh, and I'm going to talk uh, a lot about the Division. So that's pretty much what I played. So um, we're going to jump right into some basic stuff so thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast uh you can subscribe on itunes or apple Podcasts, uh google play stitcher all those uh, web services work for the podcast if you can leave a review we would greatly appreciate it you can also just go to psnation.com where you can subscribe to the rss feed and listen to it on your computer or desktop or whatever you use to listen to the podcast we appreciate it any way that you can share the podcast twitter facebook leaving reviews or anything like that would be greatly appreciated Somebody wrote a review that literally five stars. Michael's great. Thank you. That's all I ever ask. That was his mother. Yeah. Like she knows how iTunes works. She was using a Wii for Netflix a year ago and then gave up when it stopped working. (laughs) So we're going to jump right into the news and I'm going to throw it over to our news guy, Michael. I'm the news guy. That's fantastic. All right, so we um, EA bowed out of E3 last week. Uh, Bethesda has said that they will be back at E3 this year, and they're going to do it uh, Sunday at 5.30 Pacific time, and they are going to be showing off Doom Eternal for sure, and also they're inviting more fans than they've ever invited before to the event. So I'm wondering if they are going to try and emulate the EA Play sort of thing, uh, but in a... smaller like time frame of just like a day uh i mean there's not much to the story other than bethesda is going to do their press conference and we we will take bets on if they mention fallout 76 <laughs> hmm. i mean we thought this last year like when bethesda announced another press conference and we were like what are they going to show and they've been you know pretty good for the most part about keeping some things under wraps like something showed up is like a, we thought like we talked about a couple weeks ago michael when josh wasn't here i think like a fallout remastered or that clock and trailer that showed up on amazon yeah there was that the amazon put up a pre-order for a bethesda game yeah. with the fallout countdown timer I mean, they, attached to it they have for the most part kept things under wraps before where they like announced dishonored 2 and they're like and it comes out in three months like they've been known to do that a lot so, like, maybe we'll see something, um, like, uh, I can't think of the game right now. The, a very good follow-up for Doom Eternal, Wolfenstein... Yeah, that, yeah Wolfenstein series. Yeah. yeah, whatever the Wolfenstein game they announced last year, we'll probably get a release date on it, which will probably be this in three fall. months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they So they have things announced. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more about Starfield, I uh, Maybe we'll get another two-second teaser of Elder Scrolls. Well, they pretty much said when they title Elder Scrolls, like, people will know what it is. Yeah, and a lot of people are already, like, theorizing just from that little teaser based on uh, 
the landscaping and stuff like that. So maybe they'll get a little bit more of that. And I'll just be, you know, Duke Nukem forever to where we just hear about it every other year. They've got a bunch of trash swag bags to pass out. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sorry. I don't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's how you pick up your actual canvas bag is you have to go to the the press conference over under on blink 182 at the concert at the event again (laughs) or andrew wk i hope they do another concert i I didn't mind like andrew wk being there just because i love the confused audience members the only thing that i've heard because i know you went a couple times and i know glenn went and stuff like that and they it's been really cool like the presentation has been really good and then the like the demo stations have just been just an utter train wreck Yes, uh, the the first year I went to Bethesda uh, was for, I think, before Fallout 4 came out. And I feel like they only had 20 kiosks total for all of their games. Wow. With, like, a crowd of, like, a thousand people. (laughs) But they had turkey legs, and then they had a candy station. So, wasn't that bad. Wow. Wow. Um, so I don't, I'll take this next news story. I don't really know a lot about this other than I believe this is the developer of Evolve. So that yeah. g- greatly concerns me because and last... Left for Dead. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, Dave, fuck Left for Dead developers. We don't yeah. mention Evolve. <laughs> Uh, the left video game industry is all about your most recent project. We all know that. No, <laughs> no but the Left 4 Dead. All right. Well, let me talk about it. So right. Turtle Rock Studios and Warner Brothers uh, together announced they're working on a game called Back 4 Blood. Number 4 Blood. Like Left Number 4 Dead. So everybody immediately said, so it's Left 4 Dead. And they said, no, 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 no. <laughs> they said it, it's a brand new original IP. Uh, you'll shoot up a lot of zombies like in Left 4 Dead, but there's a whole lot of new stuff in Back 4 Blood, which makes it unique. Uh, so it is a zombie shoot 'em up first-person shooter type co-op game, very much in the Left 4 Dead sort of vein, but it is supposed to be its own new IP with a new kind of twist to it. Um, and that's just about all we know <laughs> i mean they really they didn't do anything there wasn't a logo there wasn't a it was just hey we're making a game here's the title thanks bye that was the thing that surprised <laughs> me the most is the fact that there wasn't even a logo yeah they must have <laughs> they must have found out there was a mole who was gonna uh, to leak this game out and they're just like okay we gotta just throw out whatever we can before it leaks well the they, problem is it's a it's a hand you know with a thumb missing <laughs> But it's it's the other hand. For, okay, so it's the other hand. So it's not the left <laughs> yeah, dead hand. Exactly. It's not the left four dead hand. Maybe, it's the maybe, right four dead. Maybe it's Holy a shit, foot. was the hand in the left four dead logo the left hand? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I, don't I was just... remember. Okay. Hang on. Right. I'll look. I'll look. I'll <laughs> it is funny, though, because they they put up the, the, the FAQ and couple of the questions i feel were directly related to i mean they straight out at uh, people asked like what about evolve and they just said uh take two owns that 2k owns that uh our contract will expire in 2016 contact 2k about evolve <laughs> um but then they also um people um, yep just wipe their hands clean <laughs> um they were asked uh, or they put an faq just the basic questions that they'll probably get 
several times, even when they present the game of, in a, an official capacity or uh, a grander stage. Uh, is it a Battle Royale game? No. Uh, more importantly, after the Evolve question, the, there is a question, will there be a Founders Pack or pre-order deals? And it said, too early in development, our number one goal is to make the game great, complete, fun game, whatever, blah, blah. Um, and then also, will there be microtransactions? And they're like, again, same answer. Uh, but the reason they did the pre-order thing right after Evolve is because Evolve was notorious for how uh, 2K put out basically what Anthem had to do with EA or EA did with Anthem, where they had to put out a chart of just like, if you want to play this game, here's all the different ways to pre-order it and get all this exclusive content. So it, it is funny that they're they're pretty self-aware of like, OK, people are going to ask us about pre-orders because Evolve just was terrible. Well, and the crazy part about it is like, and I know that they developed some of it, obviously, is that like Evolve presented and showed super cool. Amazingly well. Game of of show at E3, like lines everywhere for it. And then like the things that they were doing, at least from the PlayStation standpoint, where you if you were the monster, you were actually like automatically muted in the party chat. Like the things that they were able to do with the interface in the in PSN was the potential was there. This the gameplay just wasn't like the the content wasn't there. It it showed really well in short bursts, but not as a long term game. Josh, you reviewed it, right? If I remember, uh, possibly. <laughs> I think you did. I may have linked um, to your review. It, it is the left hand, by the way. I just it is okay. That's um, good. You wait, did review it. I did. Okay. You gave yeah, it a sense. Okay, because I saw it in a preview. I thought it was I thought it was a really really cool idea, and I had a lot of fun with it. But you it's know, like think, any game that presented you when you get a vertical slice of it, like a small vertical slice of it. You're like, oh, this is fun and this has potential, and then it, the potential opens, and you're like, it's just more of what I just saw. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to it from what I remember. And my biggest concern, my other biggest concern was, is there going to be an audience for this two months from now? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't exactly. <laughs> well, it's just the age old like drip content. Like they they were the first ones to try some of the drip content, and it was the drip content meaning like new maps or new monsters, and the drip wasn't fast enough. Yeah, was it fast enough? And the season pass was kind of ridiculous how they rolled that out. Josh even mentions it in his review. Did I? <laughs> uh, pricing on a season pass has soured a lot of consumers and put a damper on the long term prospects of the game. Josh Lanford. Hey, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> february 10th <laughs> look at me being all journalistic and shit <laughs> yeah so i'm assuming you're going to go into this one learn and learn uh, you know they've learned from their mistakes hopefully uh i the gameplay for evolve felt good like in terms of shooting things and yeah. all that stuff felt good so i have faith in that i've been wanting a left for dead but valve doesn't make video games anymore mm. so Hopefully this is good because I've been like talking with my friends who I used to play Left 4 Dead every day after school and we've been wanting to go back to it. But I don't know, it, it's aged enough that it's just not feasible. And also not all of us have gaming PCs. So if Valve can just make a Left 4 Dead HD for the <laughs> PS4, that would be nice. But I doubt that will ever happen. So hopefully this can fill that gap. Uh, we can get something good from it. All right. Um, and uh, Apex announces their season one battle pass. Yeah. Do you want me to take this one, Dave? Yeah. 
Okay. So, um, and I just hit my microphone. Fantastic. Okay. So That's Apex. In, by the way. Oh yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry to anyone's ears wearing earbuds. Like the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, someone's gonna take you serious, Josh. <laughs> Josh right. at psnation.com. Yeah, it does work now. Uh, all the all the stuff I've said over the years, and if I haven't lost people yet, I'd be shocked. <laughs> that was the thing that pushed him over the edge. Okay, so everyone uh, was waiting to see the battle pass for Apex. Uh, EA finally released information. The season starts actually as of we're, we're as of today when we're recording the 19th um the bat- battle pass comes in two flavors uh one where it's just a basic battle pass where you it unlocks you a, 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 like a new tier of things you can unlock during that time so you spend basically ten dollars and you have the potential to unlock up to 50 items based on how every time you level up you unlock another item um wait, so you get the pr- wait you have to pay the $10 to get access to grind for the items. Yes. Okay. Dave, Dave right now is just like, yeah, this is how Fortnite does it. This is how a lot of games do it. Um, and the items are only available during that season. Once they're gone, you, you keep the items after the season, but if you spent the $10 and you didn't hit level 50, oh, well, you're not going to get that. The good thing is EA laid out exactly what is available in the season. So what each level unlocks, you see exactly what it does. So you can make a judgment call of like, okay, is this worth it? If you want to see that before you buy it? Yes. It's on the, you you see it on the EA page. I don't know if it's in the game now. Okay. Um, but you can skip the first 25 levels. If you pay (laughs) basically a a 2,800 apex points, which I guess is, Okay, if nine, if nine, uh, uh, th- oh my god! So you're paying almost like twenty. I think you're paying like twenty four to thirty dollars. I was gonna say it's probably a thousand points. No, it's two thousand eight hundred points per dollar. No, I was saying it's probably uh, a, a do- yeah, it's a, a thousand, thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thousand for ten dollars basically. Um, so for twenty eight hundred apex points, you can unlock the first twenty five levels of that of the season instantly, and get that gear. Um, and then it also comes with three exclusive Wild Frontier Legend skins for Lifeline, Mirage, Wraith. Um, that That's fine. This is kind of what we expect. It's just cosmetics. Uh, the cool thing is Octane, the new character, he isn't tied to the season pass, which everyone was expecting. Uh, turns out he is just going to be unlocked like everyone else or like the other two DLC characters, Mirage and Caustic, were unlocked. Uh, and that's just... 1200 apex coins or whatever uh or not apex coins the 1200 unlockable currency you get from like winning matches uh which you can buy for like i think 10 to 15 dollars so not crazy unreasonable to get the new character battle pass is kind of whatever i'm kind of tempted to jump into battle pass because I'm enjoying the game so much that I almost mm-hmm. I always do this with free to play games where I kind of just I think Dave you've referred to it as like a tip jar basically yeah uh, and no, that's kind of what I want to do for this and the game I I've got I've got to step back and remember like this is a free to play game like yeah so you know charging ten bucks for probably what every ninety days yeah probably probably isn't, isn't terrible because um, I I think they announced four seasons for this year so yeah, yeah. like every ninety so, days. Um, and the fact that at least for this season, you can see what all the 
things are that you can unlock so you can make a judgment call. Yeah. Like, and I guess I like that they brought the game out and they said, here, just play it. Like then, And then, you know, it's been, what, like six weeks now? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And now they're like, okay, so here's how here's how the rest of the year is going to look and here's how the game's going to be monetized because, you know, like there has already been microtransactions in there. And then, you know, like everybody that I would always interact with or even my wife teaching at schools would interact with with Fortnite never said they spent any money on it. And I know you're playing it and that's like an advertisement for it. And then obviously, like just based on the data that's been released, like Fortnite makes a crap ton of money. I just don't know if that's just like the 8%, like an 8% or 10% of the player base that's spending the money. Like, yeah. Somebody's spending the money to get them to a billion dollars. No, I understand that. But like. <laughs> There's even like I've even you know talked with my son and stuff like that, and he doesn't really run into anybody at his school that's you know spent money on you know on Fortnite or you know Apex has kind of been sweeping through his dorm and everything like that now too. So, but you okay. get people. I mean, already my son with Roblox mm-hmm. on on the iPad, he's asked for you know he's like, well, I really want this hat, and I'm like, dude, really, it's a hat. <laughs> and I said, you know what? We got him like a like a ten dollar credit on his yeah. account. I was like, this is your money. This is your money for the next three months. Spend it wisely. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, Spend like it on whatever you want. But you know, yeah, like roadblock. You could you could tell somebody that's like, oh, what do I get? You know, what do I get, Mason? You know, like I'll oh, just get him like a ten. Like it's just like you always yeah. hear like the the you know like the people that are my daughter's age now. Like I don't know what they like. Get her an iTunes card. She'll yeah, be fine. Exactly. You know, it's like, and I'm sure they'll be like, just get him an Apex card or get him. You know, I'm actually surprised that EA hasn't grouped all their money together. You don't see little EA cards like on shelves or anything like that. So. Uh, they just launched Apex cards at GameStop. Okay. So, but I'm just meaning like EA in general. Like you can get like a thirty dollar EA card, and you can spend some of it on Madden. And you can spend some of it on EA Apex, and you can spend some of it on Battlefront. I'm, I'm just, wondering, are there Origin cards? Yeah, but isn't Origins essentially just PC? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just, like, and I guess no other than, like, Nintendo and Sony and Xbox has really done it, so. Yeah, there's no Uplay bucks. Yeah. No, but there's, well, there's Steam cards and whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right, Um. so... I watched bits and pieces of this, but I don't really know a ton about it. But uh, Google announced, how do you, Stadia? Stadia. Stadia. Stadia is their, I guess, streaming service that's going to be used on any Google device. I gaming service. I took a ton of notes, if you guys want the bullet points. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, So um, Phil Harrison seems to be in charge of this. Good old Phil Harrison. He started off the press conference with create, scale, connect, which immediately gave me vibes to Little Big Planet. <laughs> Every time he would say that, I would just like, in my notes, I'd write play, create, share. And it's like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 it's something different now. So this is their streaming platform that uh, myself and Josh, you did that. I don't know if Dave, you you messed with it. I didn't do uh, any of the testing, though. No. Yeah, Project Steam, they did this in October for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This is basically that. Yeah. Uh, what they've done is basically just done... They've done the Gaikai cloud streaming where all you need is the Chrome browser. So you can have it run on almost any computer. They showed it running on like a low-end desktop that still looked pretty damn fancy. Uh, but they <laughs> basically... Well. 
to be fair, it worked on my eight-year-old shitty desktop, and and Assassin's Creed looked and played amazing. Yeah, I mean, they're they're essentially saying that you can play a game at uh, 1080p, 60 frames. Yeah. Yep. All you need is a Chrome browser. They showed it running on uh, an Android phone. They showed it running on a Chromebook, like a low-end Chromebook, uh, which is just like you can pick up a Chromebook for like $200, sometimes less. Like you can pick them up for like $80 on Black Friday. Um, And the cool thing is, since it's all cloud gaming, they literally had a demo where the guy moved the same gameplay session from his phone to his TV to his computer or to his laptop to his desktop uh, to his Chromecast. It can run on a Chromecast. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, uh, it has a, it has a, uh, they, they're, it works with any USB controller, uh, but obviously to use it with a Chromecast, uh, you would use the Google controller. I don't know if it has a fancy name, but it's basically just a standard controller. It looks like the PlayStation controller in terms of like where the sticks are, uh, a little wide. I don't know if I like the way it looks, but I, I'd probably need to hold it. I, um, from what I've heard from people who mess with it, they said it's insanely comfortable. Okay, yeah, it just or looks kind of. I thought it would be, yeah. It, it's kind of thick, you know, like in the middle, which I don't it know. It looks how. like it, yeah. Um, so the the two buttons that it has on there is a capture button, which will let you stream straight to YouTube and upload videos directly to YouTube. That is huge. Yes, and that's all handled. Shocker that they own that company. You can just well, yeah, do it right but, up. yeah. But this is they're they're leveraging all of their businesses into this one thing. Like I know a bunch of people have kind of laughed it off and said, yeah, well, whatever. But, and there's, there's to be fair, there's a shitload of questions out there. Yeah. Like how much are things going to cost? What games are going to be on there? Because it isn't just a straightforward. Every game is available. It's, you have to port them. Developers have to port them, which means now, they have to feel like the platform is worth porting too. Yeah. Well, it's Google and I, you bet, that Google is using all their muscle and all their, all their, they got Jade Redmond is working there. Phil Harrison is working there. There was another name like blast from the past. Like, Holy Dylan shit. Cuthbert that, was well, on Dylan stage. Cuthbert is making a game for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the, the, the controller doesn't connect through Bluetooth connects through Wi-Fi, which yeah. they said is a significantly better way to help with like input lag in terms of the controls and stuff like that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it will eventually do AK HDR surround sound. So I guess that means it's still going to just run in mono like it was in the the Project Stream beta, but they didn't confirm that. Um, the teraflops for the base of the machine you're emulating or the, the GPU for the machine you're emulating is 10.7 teraflops. Uh, and in comparison to PS4 Pro is 4.2. Xbox One X is 6 teraflops. Um, so a lot of people are saying this is probably what we're looking at for the next generation of gaming, uh, like comparative specs um, wise. Um, but the cool thing is, uh, is the instant access to games will basically mean if you see a YouTube video, it'll have the play now button under any video that the game is on their service and you will load that game up within five seconds. Yeah. So. Imagine if this was around for like Apex when they released that trailer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, that's the thing. Now and and that gets into there's a shitload of questions with that because 
how do you pay for the game? Yes, they or, didn't go into that. At or are they going to run ads in the game? And that's how it's going to be paid for. And then if, say, you have YouTube Red, then you don't see any ads. You know, and it's a way to push people into YouTube Red and get them paying a different way. Because the idea that, you know, I'm watching a YouTube video and I can just click a button and play it, well, that sounds great. But if I have to log in or if I have to pay for it in some way, you know, there's questions there about how they're going to handle that. And, you know, that's all up in the air. Nobody knows. But I wouldn't laugh this off and, and dismiss it. I, I don't necessarily, I think it's cool. You know, I think it's cool that I could actually be able to play some of these games on my shit computer without yeah. any problem. And they'll look fantastic. Um, but at the same time, if this is where everybody's moving, because Microsoft is doing is going heavily into streaming and, and getting their, their platform everywhere. And now Google is doing this and Sony has now and all that stuff. I, I worry that is this where they're all kind of aiming the future towards and they really are pushing away from the physical discs. And I don't like that idea. <laughs> I don't like, cause then you don't own a game and it can just disappear at some point and you well, can I never see the, it again. Yeah. I think the major caveat would be like, this is kind of like what we talked about, like we've been talking about for a long time and I hate to like keep bringing it up, but like taking, you know, possibly like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like as an example of they, it sounded like Michael that they kind of put the onus on the developers in terms of cross functionality. Um, they are going to allow crossplay, and uh, they said all their games out of their development kit are open to crossplay, cross save, and all that stuff. But of course, it's going to be on the developers to play with that or Sony to open. The gates yeah. for them. I mean, I look at a company like Ubisoft and um, them, you know, their you like the Uplay account and things like that. And they keeping track of like my Uplay account knows how many hours I played a Far Cry and how many hours I played a Division and things like that. And it pops things up when I'm playing the game. And if if they can figure out a way to where if I own like Division 2 on PlayStation 4 and I could pick that up and play that like on my phone. When I'm at lunch with on my Android with a save file, like if I own the game on both platforms or something like that, like that would be a game, a game changer. Like I if, think if, that's where the UPlay account comes in handy and the Destiny account comes in handy. Correct. Yeah. If that's all server side and the developer is willing to not ask for that money on other platforms, then they're more than willing to do that. And I can see developers being okay with that because they're just trying to sell you a season pass more than they're trying to sell you the base game now, right. or they're trying to sell you, you know, future content. Uh, so yeah, they, it will be up to developers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I don't know. Another worry everyone's having is like data caps and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, because this does require 25 down uh, to, to, you know, baseline run it. Um, but this could be the thing that pushes people to ask for like, you know, net neutrality related things and to push the data caps away. This could, when you get a company like Google to get involved in something like this, where they need the data caps to be pushed, Google's been trying to push the data caps for a while or push, push away from the data caps. Um, but 
if you get this popular enough, people have to listen and companies will have to figure something out. It's just like when Comcast was throttling Netflix mm-hmm. and Netflix and Comcast basically had to just come to an agreement not to throttle Netflix anymore. Uh, so, but I think that agreement was Netflix had to cut a check to Comcast. Yeah, they uh, did. Google can probably cut some checks uh, to to get this through, or lobby some politicians to get it through as well. So, Google has the funds to do it. Oh well, uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, like every like this is not new. The streaming service thing, like OnLive tried this. Yeah, like OnLive tried it, but they don't have Google's bank account, and they don't have all these different things that Google is doing or can right. do. You know, there, there's there's a huge difference here. And this is not some flash in the pan. This is not some fly by night thing. It could be a huge change in the way games are played and it could bring in a whole new. Well, it's it's like you've talked about Josh. Like somebody could just be playing on their iPad and well, the iPad's a bad example. Like on an Android tablet or on a phone, like a Galaxy phone, and really enjoying the game. And then they could be like, "Hey, I really want to see what this is like on my TV." And then they, if there is some cross functionality, and they find out that you know, like your neighbor's playing a game, and you're like, "Oh, I have that game on PlayStation," and you're allowed to play together. Like that changes the whole aspect of him investing into more games, possibly to play more games with you. Well, but that's also something we haven't really talked about the past couple of weeks, but Xbox pushing their live service everywhere mm-hmm. and onto the Switch and things yep. like that. The, the fact everybody is doing this, everybody is pushing to have all this interconnectivity except for Sony yeah. so far. If, and if, if Google if gets ga- if Google I'm sorry, if Google gets Xbox Game Pass to work on their service, <laughs> I'd buy I'd buy it. But that's the thing. If if Sony doesn't get off their asses and open their shit up and yeah. start this interconnectivity with everybody else, they're going to get left behind and they're going to be just dropped next generation because everybody wants that connectivity. And if everybody has it except for a PlayStation, it's going to be a harder sell. Yeah, you know, sure. Sony has all the exclusives and that's great. But if I have to get a different device to play, you know, Fortnite two with all my friends, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, there's, there's a lot we don't know about this yet. You know, they, they did talk about a bunch of things, but there's still a ton of stuff that just is up in the air. And yeah. I mean, I, I think this will, uh, obviously, this is going to have a big impact. Even if it fails spectacularly in a year or two, it will have a huge lasting impact into the future of gaming and streaming and everything else. Now, I'm like when you were saying, uh, you know, uh, an iPad is is a bad example. That's a huge question. Yeah, because iPads are in a lot of people's hands and iPhones are in a lot of people's hands. They did not show anything, obviously, because they're Google. But will it come to iOS in some way, shape or form? Here's some the thing. Type of app functionality. It yeah. just needs the Chrome browser. Chrome is on the iPad. So yeah. if it is yeah, just needs Chrome, there is yeah, their right. entry point. Yeah. If it literally if just needs the Chrome needs. link. Yeah. Yeah. But then that gets into, again, where is where is the the revenue stream coming from? Right. You know, it has to how be do you pay for stuff? Does an iPad work with a Chromecast? 
Um, yeah, if you download the Google Home app, you can get yeah. an iPad to work with uh, Chromecast. Yeah. Okay. It's and and several apps, not every app, but a handful of apps are set up with. There's a little Chromecast. Yeah, like Netflix, Hulu. Yeah, and you okay. can just yeah, push yeah, it yeah. Right to right. Yeah, even on the uh, iPhone. Um, some cool things that they did show, which. Uh, if this does fail, there's some cool enough ideas that can come out of this that other people can copy. Yeah. Uh, they showed um, Stream Connect, which basically allows you say we're playing the division together uh, and we're doing like a raid or the division's equivalent of a raid. And I want to see Dave and Josh's perspective. I can get those cornered onto my screen or pasted to my screen, I can see your two feeds along with my main feed. So I can see everything from your perspective. So that's something that can be done in co-op games and stuff like that. I can get the multi-screen function, the picture-in-picture stuff, uh, which looked really cool, especially for so many of the different co-op games that come out. So that has potential. Um, they also, uh, when they had, uh, Dylan Cuthbert out, uh, he showed, uh, state share, which basically at any point when you're playing, of course, if the developers allow this and stuff like that, um, I can just share, uh, something with Dave and then it just puts him into the game that moment that I just played and he can play the moment how I had it, how it was for me. Or, you know, in terms of like they showed pixels on shooter of like, oh, I made my best score run. Here's the seed for that. And with just a click of a link, Dave is in that same level, same seed within five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could do that. And uh, the, I guess the next pixel junk or not pixel junk game, the next Q games is going to use that functionality for for this service. Yeah, they're building it around that. I think that's what I saw was Dylan Cuthbert is there's a lot of little things in there and he's going to make a game that kind of highlights all of them or most of them just to show off the service and show all the cool things you can do as a developer uh, in making a game that really hits on all that's available here to you. And then a final thing that they showed was uh, crowd play which is uh, they showed someone, a streamer playing 2K and people in the chat can basically said, I have the next game. And then it would put them into the game in a lobby waiting for the streamer to finish a game. And then they would get put into that next game with the streamer, which is a cool idea of a good way to communicate, to to interact with communities though with major streamers, I'm wondering how much of a cluster that will be. If like a ninja is playing a game and has a, a couple thousand people watching him or like a couple hundred thousand people watching him. And they all say they have the next game. Hmm. How the service will handle that. Right. Well, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, because this is all done server side, um, now they've, they've said that, you know, it's four up to 4k 60 frames per second at launch. Uh, and it will support up to 8K and 120 frames per second in the future. And that's the thing. They can just upgrade the servers anytime they need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're saying With, no, no patching, no downloading yeah. because it's all you're connecting to a server. Exactly. So with home consoles, you're locked into the specs for the life cycle of the console unless they do a refresh and do a 
Pro or X version mm-hmm. like they did this time around. But even then, that was just a marginal step. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can... I mean, they're already surpassing what the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X can do. We don't know what the PS5 and the next Xbox are going to do, but you can bet that the moment those come out, Google can just do a quick upgrade and surpass them in terms of raw power. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can do that at any point. So first-party development going on or Mm -hmm. exclusive games going on uh, straight to the Stadia platform. So... We have to see what those are going to be, but and and which studios are working on those games. But that could be a huge thing as well. And then the biggest thing to keep in mind is that this was presented at the Game Developers Conference, so they were pitching to game developers first. Yeah. Yes, obviously the public is going to see it. It's going to be in the news. It's going to be talked about. But this was Google going to game developers and saying, "Here's our hardware. This is what it can do." Now, yes, I'm sure that they went to companies ea etc and said they've been they've probably seen this type of hardware to see what if their games can run on it a year ago 18 months ago or whatever like when it was in development and things like that but this is them going to other people and saying here is another platform for you to think about putting your game up well they said and it's in one of the articles they said more than 100 studios already have dev kits for stadia and more than a thousand creatives and engineers are already working on titles that will work on the service which so, could be just one Assassin's Creed game well, for those yeah. thousand people <laughs> that are um, working on it. But we they have, said we it's signed Ubisoft. So this is how many people that yeah. 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 <laughs> they said it's coming in 2019, and that's all they said. Yeah, they'll uh, have game announcements in the summer. Yeah. So it's it it could really upend things and 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 disrupt things. It's an eighty billion dollar industry that they're probably trying to get their they're trying to get their piece of the pie and expand. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I just wanted to put this in here because it's it's major news and it definitely is going to affect. Like, it, it might not seem like it's going to affect PlayStation now to some people, but this will affect PlayStation oh, going will. into the next generation. It's going to affect everybody. Everybody. Everybody now has to. You know, Microsoft just started to talk about dabbling into streaming games recently, you know, like more publicly. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure after this, they were like, "Okay, we might need to change some things up or some announcement needs to be switched around because now everyone needs to step their game if this takes off. I guess seeing the potential of what this can do, you know, I feel like the amount of money that Sony as a corporation spent on Gaikai is not being used to its potential yet. so I know that a lot of people have asked us about what we'd want to see in PS5. And I think even Josh mentioned it. He goes, I want to see the thing, the next thing that I don't know that I want. And this might be that. It could be. You know, yeah, for, this, this could for, be big. Yeah, for him to have a connection, on, for me to sit down and, and decide that I want to play the next Assassin's Creed. And it just click on it and it just works. Don't have to Josh, wait for it to download, or Josh, like Josh said, I don't have to wait to sign into anything. It's just, you know, like I pay for some type of subscription service, which I would have to believe like this Google uh, Stadia would be some type of subscription service, um, and then just it working. Yeah, and it will move away from physical media. But Josh, I will buy you a crate of Blu-ray cases and Post-it notes. <laughs> and you can then just put those on your shelf 
every time you get a game oh, on uh, Stadia. It makes me sad. <laughs> hey, we're still a couple years away from being a complete takeover. You're okay. I Josh. know, but it's yeah. coming, and that's it, what worries me. It's, it, it's, it, it makes you sad, but at the same time, like I know you've gone back and forth from places. Like, but how nice would it be for you just to throw that controller in your bag, go to a hotel, and just know that your game will work? Yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. But you know, I can throw my Switch in a bag right now and go to a hotel and I've got my games. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I it's you know I think about it because I think about when I was a kid and the games I played and I still have every single one of those games and I can just pop it in and play it anytime I want. My son is playing all these different games on the iPad, all these free downloads that he's doing and the couple paid ones that he's doing with the money, you know, that he got. Um, those games are just going to disappear like 10 years from now, 20 years from now. He's going to be like, yeah, there was some game that I used to play as a kid and I don't even remember what it was. It's, it's gone. It's going to be lost to him. He's not going to be able to download it again at that point. Let me tell you tales. Of the Fortnite, <laughs> I mean, that's that I can thing, no longer you know? access. It's it. You're gonna have this whole generation of, and it's it's the same with the stuff they're watching. Like we had our TV shows that when I was a kid, we all watched the same TV show because we had five channels, mm-hmm. and whatever the hot show was, we all watched it. We all talked about it the next day. Now it's getting harder with a billion channels and you know, all these choices and, and the streaming from Netflix, they've got all their shows and you binge watch this or that. And, you know, there's things that rise to the top, but for these kids and all the shit they're watching. Yeah. I mean, can you go to the, can you go to the store and buy a nine DVD pack of uh, house of cards? Like, I don't think you can. Well, that's, that's the other thing. Like a lot of, a lot of shows they're not even doing right. Seasons so like, anymore. Yeah, like, it's like your point, Josh, when as the Netflix cachet or memory fills up or Netflix 2.0 comes out because they have to do some major upgrade to the interface and things like that. Like what happens to the oh. 10, of, 10 seasons of, you know, House my of space Cards lost all music yeah. before 2015, yeah. uh, just a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Netflix doesn't even have Netflix barely doesn't even barely scratch the surface in terms of the, the width and breadth of movies, movie history. They're, they're terrible with. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just using it like a Netflix. I was using a Netflix original series as an example. Yeah. But even with that stuff, like even with the stuff they have, I see, you know, in my news feeds and stuff like that every month, I see here's all the stuff that's leaving Netflix next month, Mm -hmm. you know, so go watch it now. And I'm like, wait, what? Why, why is anything leaving Netflix? I, I get it. It's probably like licensing and stuff like that. But beyond licensing, why would anything ever need to leave Netflix? You know, it's digital. It's just there. Why it's like, you, you it's, it's like walking into a library and be like, oh, we don't have encyclopedias from 1977 to 79 for the next three months. Yeah. Why can't you just build this library and keep building it and building it and building it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger? Why do you have to rotate things in and out? It's I don't know. I, I want that. I want that future that I was promised where everything, everything is the ready, available. The, the, the ready player one library. At my finger. Yeah. <laughs> everything is available at my fingertips. Everything I want. And it's, it's ridiculous that a lot of this older stuff just gets lost. I so. can't stream 
Legends of the Hidden Temple anywhere. And that <laughs> show was on for so many seasons. And I can only find like five videos on YouTube. That shit is lost forever. Where's Legends of the Nick Arcade? Where's that stream? Where's Wild and Crazy Kids? <laughs> I just found out you can stream My Brother and Me on Amazon for like $2 an episode. So that makes me happy. But there's so many kid shows that I used to watch. And I can't find any of those. Yeah. Where's my Legend of the Hidden Temple box set? Damn it. Well, you know, you have to it's you have to hope that like Warner Brothers does their WB archives, which are really cool. They do DVDs on demand, essentially, for all this old weird shit in their catalog. Twilight Time is really good um, for finding older movies and things like that. And and just I, I picked up a couple of those things over the past years. Uh, because there were movies that I saw on HBO when I was younger and forgot all about them. And then I saw it on Twilight Time and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that was a really cool movie and there's no other place to get it. You know, it's it's crazy. I mean, there are places out there that, that have these things, but it's getting harder and harder to find some of the older stuff. But... I don't know. All right, grumpy old man away. <laughs> Blue, Barrac- uh, Blue Barracudas yeah. forever. Yeah. New, <laughs> new releases for the week of March 24th. Yeah. So there's a lot. Uh, I'll try See to be quick. Physical here. releases. There you go, Josh. Yeah. So for Tuesday, March 26th, we have Xenon Racer uh, for $49.99. Uh, this one, it's the year 2030. Uh, it's all flying vehicles everywhere, but now there's a one-off championship based on wheel-based vehicles, and it's cutting-edge electric cars boosted by xenon gas. Oh, uh, not the girl of the 31st century? No. <laughs> it's, it's whatever it is. Uh, then we have the Princess Guide, which is thirty is rated T. Um, this is from NIS America. You're an experienced knight. You have to choose a princess to become your apprentice. You teach her the art of war, and you you've got the the four princesses are uh, vengeful Veronica, gluttonous one, a chivalrous one, and a dragon princess. Um, so you have to actually put them on the battlefield, issue the orders to them, see how they do based on how you've taught them and everything. It's it's a weird game. It's an interesting idea. Um, but it has the original in-game Japanese voices and English text. Uh, then we have Generation Zero. And I had forgotten about this game. Yeah, this I'm, is I'm from, not having to look it up right now. Yeah, well, once you see, it's Avalanche Studios. Um, and it's published by THQ Nordic. We saw this at E3. It's 1980 Sweden. Um, it was peaceful, rural setting and everything. And the local population went missing and machines have appeared and they're all over the streets. And you've got, you have to basically explore the world. It's a huge open world. Um, you can play alone or with up to three friends in seamless multiplayer. And you have to figure out how to defeat the invaders huge sandbox combat and everything was really, really cool. 
all the enemies in the world are persistently simulated and they'll roam around the landscape all the time. If you manage to destroy a specific enemy component, whether it's their armors, weapons, or sensory equipment, the damage on them is permanent. And those enemies hold on to that permanent damage. And if you run into them again minutes later, weeks later, months later, they still have that same damage. That's cool. I I always wanted games to do that. Yeah. So I'd like to actually see that happen and see if it's actually fun. Yeah. So they're actually doing that now in this game. Um, So this one is $39.99. It's rated T. That's the standard edition. There is a collector's edition, which comes in a premium box with a steel book, the game, an A3 cloth map, uh, four concept art postcards, and an original game T-shirt that is only large. So fatties and skinnies, minis. <laughs> you, Golds. You're, Sounds you're a night, a, a nightgown for Michael and a bro tank for Dave. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Crop top um, for you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Nelky and the legendary alchemists Ateliers of the New World. This is fifty nine ninety nine. It is rated E ten plus. This is from Koei Tecmo and Gust. This is an interesting idea. So all these Atelier games are basically the same game over and over and over again. This switches things up a bit. It's the twentieth anniversary of the Atelier series. So this game is now a town building type game. Uh, you're playing as a noble woman uh, who is not really an alchemist and she became a government official. And when she's about to graduate the academy, something happens and her father tells her she can go search for this thing uh, as long as she becomes governor and develops the area into a prosperous city. So it's filled with all these Atelier characters from the 20 years of the series, and you have to recruit them and bring them in and basically build the city and use all their talents and everything to solve this mystery. So it's kind of a cool idea if you're into the series. Uh, then we have The Walking Dead, the final season, which is twenty nine ninety nine rated M. Yay, physical. <laughs> I'm going to buy this. Probably Maybe. still have to download the games. Eventually. No, don't or say that. Or the episodes. I guarantee it because no, the next episode this... comes out next week. So No, because this is Skybound Games, and I, I believe that they're not going to fuck. It was Telltale that, that always did all that shit. I believe Skybound will not fuck us over. Bet. <sighs> Bet. Please. <laughs> Oh, one of the episodes is not on this disc. Oh, don't say that. All right. So this is the conclusion of Clementine's story. I guess we'll find out. Uh, then this was kind of a surprise. I missed this was coming. The Danganronpa uh, trilogy is coming. Fifty nine ninety nine rated M. Um, this is NIS America, of course. The launch edition includes all three games on two game discs and the art of Danganronpa Trilogy softcover booklet. Uh, If you don't know what this is, I think you played these, right, Michael? I reviewed the first two, and then I believe Matt reviewed the third one. Okay, so it's eventually, essentially, it's 
your students from this fancy high school in Japan and you're taken prisoner by some weird bear who throws you into this murder mystery. Monokuma. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a murder mystery court drama. It's yeah. a really weird and fascinating fun game. Yeah. Uh, which this doesn't sound like a bad deal because uh, the third Danganronpa V3 hovers around a $40 price still. Hmm. So that is a good price then. Yeah. So, and, and I believe one and two hover around the 20 to $30 price tag usually. So this isn't that bad of a deal yeah. getting all three for 60. Yeah. Well, 20 bucks a game, essentially, if you mm-hmm. just break it even. Uh, then we have a game called Outward, which is thirty nine ninety nine rated M. This is from Deep Silver and Maximum Games. It's an open world survivor RPG. Um, you're not the chosen one from a prophecy. You're just an adventurer. Um, and you're vulnerable. So that's the whole thing. Uh, this is a different kind of RPG. Um, you can go alone or with friends, and each playthrough offers a unique experience. Uh, you can't be good at everything and help everyone. Uh, every time you replay the game, you can play as a different character, join a different faction with its own storyline, gain access to different skills and items. Um, you also get to com- keep a little something from your previous completed story for your next adventure. So sounds like a an interesting twist on open world RPGs. Uh, then we have this uh, I've been waiting for forever. Uh, this I thought kept getting delayed. Uh, the Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel Decisive Edition. So this was a game that there were two parts to it, um, and. They brought it out on PS3 and Vita. And the cool thing was you could buy a version of the game on the PS3 and the Vita that came in a bigger box that had a space open for it for when you got part two and it would slot right into the box. And it was this really cool setup so that, you know, it's this one big tail. Um, It also had cross cross save. Um, between the editions, uh, this one allows you to pick up and play from your previous PS3 or Vita save. Now, whether you'll be able to save it right back to your Vita and continue on there, I don't know. It didn't say that, but man, that would be amazing. (laughs) That would be really cool. Uh, this essentially puts it all together in one edition here. It's 49.99 rated T uh, it's a kind of a tactical turn-based RPG. It's Exceed Games and Falcom. Um, it's an HD remaster with 4K, 60 frame per second support, turbo mode to streamline gameplay, and for the first time on console, the option to play with the original Japanese voices along with approximately 50% added lines of English voiceovers. Uh, you get all the DLC... And uh, the day one decisive edition includes a soundtrack CD with 21 songs, a 50 mirror replica collector's coin and a steelbook case with a separate outer package design. So uh, then on Friday, March 29th, we have Assassin's Creed three remastered, which 
I missed that this was coming. <laughs> they kind of yeah. snuck it in with like the season pass for Odyssey. Okay. Um, so this is Assassin's Creed 3 and all the original solo DLC. Uh, it's got an enhanced graphics now featuring 4K resolution, new character models, po- polished environment rendering, and more. The gameplay mechanics have been revamped as well, improving your experience and your immersion. And that is everything. And side note, what the hell happened to all my links? <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering there. what happened to those. They were there earlier today. They're gone. I don't want to have to go back and get them all again. I'll have to look through the history of this document and find them. But all right. So the links that Josh is referring to are <laughs> our Amazon links that hopefully make it into the show notes this week for you to click on any of those games you want to buy. And it'll take you to Amazon directly with an affiliation link attachment for us that we get a, a commission for anything that you purchase. You can also go to psnation.com on the left-hand side of the page and click on the affiliate link uh, banner. And that'll take you to all of the sites that we have an affiliation with, similar to Amazon, where we get uh, commissions for anything you purchase. So if you guys can bookmark those or just try to remember to go to those sites before you purchase anything. Uh, it's like swim outlets on there as you guys may be getting ready for some of the spring and summer stuff. Um, there's uh, beer making services are on there as you're getting ready for your barbecues and all the stuff in the summer. I'm trying to think of warm warm weather thoughts because it is the <laughs> first day of spring is this week. Um, you know, things like that are there. Um, I believe there's some affiliations with some of this um, the team apparels and everything like that too, right, Josh? Like MLB and things like that? Uh, there was. I don't know if there are anymore. Okay. So, yeah, just take a look. There's something there that you, I'm sure that you guys could, uh, you know, help to support us if you're going to buy that stuff anyways and you want to support us um, that way. That would be much appreciated. You can also go to Zazzle.com slash PS Nation and get um, ornaments and hats and keychains and customizable stuff along with 10-year anniversary T-shirts um and other t-shirts that are there also uh video services oh, uh, no 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 and now he realizes that i he listened yeah, he, in the process like, so no you yeah. know no because i'm looking at i i remember why links. links no i remember why there are no links because the amazon affiliate website is temporarily unavailable while we make improvements to our service ah still okay from this <laughs> afternoon till now so i don't know what's going on there but okay uh, video so, services twitch.tv slash ps nation where we are an affiliated twitch channel and if you have amazon prime and you can't find those links because they're not in the show notes then just go ahead and uh, link your amazon prime account with your twitch account and you get something called twitch prime twitch prime users get one free sub per month on the streamer of their choice if you guys use that on us we would greatly appreciate it i've been streaming a ton the last week um it's all division two, but there's been tons of support, whether it's been bits or subs or people just drop just stopping in and, and leaving their sub. Cause they see, they see me streaming or they see Michael streaming and then they leave. Like, we love the support and we appreciate it. The sub count is the highest it's been in a little while. So if you uh, just remember, it doesn't auto renew every 30 days. So you can just uh, pop in there. And if that button's not lit up, I know it's working on Android the, after you do it on a PC the first time that, cause I've been able to resubscribe from my phone, I haven't had a chance to ask anybody that's been on iOS if it's available to do that through mobile. But if not, jump on the desktop and uh, go ahead and resubscribe, and we'd greatly appreciate it. YouTube.com slash PS Nation. Um, Glenn has uploaded a little bit of the super early access we had to the, to the Division 2 when Glenn, myself, and Palmer were playing. And uh, so you can, can see the video from that. That's like Monday night right before release. 
So that's the most recent thing that I recall being on YouTube. Um, but we try to put some stuff on there periodically as well. But a lot of, for me personally, has been on Twitch. Um, so I'm going to kick it back over to Josh for uh, reviews that hit the site. A uh, bunch. Uh, Farming Simulator 19, which is $49.99 rated E. That is Chaz. Uh, they've made some changes, some somewhat significant changes this time around. Which, How are the hoes? Huh? How are the hoes? <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Uh, they work <laughs> well. I almost got a spit take from uh, Dave for a second. It looked like they work well. Okay, good. Uh, there's animals, like different, all different kinds of animals that were not in there before. Uh, then we have Switchblade for the PS4. This is a free-to-play game that is rated E10+. Ray did this review, and Ray has some kind of moral thing against free-to-play games, but found this enjoyable. So I guess that says something for it. It looks really cool. <clears throat> yep. Uh, then we have Dirt Rally 2.0 from Chaz. And this is $59.99 rated E. And I think they took a step backwards in this one. I don't remember. Um, but you might want to read that review if you're into rally games. Uh, then Matt's review of Metro Exodus for the PS4, which is $59.99 rated M. This is a big change for the Metro series because the Metro series takes place in the Russian subway system, basically the Metro system. Um, this one, obviously, as the name implies, does not. <laughs> you are leaving and now it becomes more of an open world type thing which kind of changes the gameplay a bit. And I don't know. Um, like, I'm a big fan of the Metro series, but obviously I haven't played this one. Um, but I'm not sure about how I feel about that, about moving out into the world. I'm interested to see the world, but I don't know, like, story and gameplay-wise, how that's going to work. Uh, then Chaz put up the Video Kid 80s edition for the PS4, this is $4.99, and it's rated E10+. This is sort of an homage to Paperboy, the old arcade game, which was that three-quarter top-down view, like Zaxxon and whatever else. Um, and it's voxels, and you're on a skateboard, and instead of throwing papers, you're throwing video cassettes. And it has a lot of uh, kind of Easter eggs and things, throwbacks to the 80s uh, mixed in with it. Uh, then Ray's review of Anthem for PS4, which is $59.99 and rated T. And unlike the rest of the internet, Ray seemed to like it. <laughs> and that's it. So, onward. Uh, what we're playing and watching. Uh, Michael, I think you mentioned yours is pretty short. Do you want to just go ahead and knock it out? Yeah, life has been pretty busy. We had someone transfer and someone go on a two-week vacation. So I've been in hell. So I've just been going to work, sleeping, playing Apex, and winning still in Apex. I did go to a local used game store and picked up three games completely random mostly random. Uh, I picked up the first resistance cause I found out I no longer have my copy of resistance. Uh, what? 
Yeah, I don't know where it went. I mean, I moved from my parents' house, you know, to to, to my apartment. I might have lost it in the move because I still have Resistance 3 and Resistance 2 is still at my parents' house. So I don't know what happened to Resistance 1. Hmm. Uh, so I loaded that up and that's the played, best one. Yes. Resistance <laughs> one is definitely the best one and played a little bit of that. Um, it's an early PS three game. Uh, mm-hmm. so it looks like it. Oh, it was a launch PS three game. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to probably like get through that. Um, and then for some reason, because it was only $2, I bought SOCOM two. <laughs> um, Wow. Yeah, because like I PS2 SOCOM 2. Yes, PS2 SOCOM 2. You wow. just you still have a PS a fat PS3, don't you? No, um, I just have a normal. I have a skinny PS2. Oh, okay. That was um, one of my fa- that was my favorite SOCOM. It's it's everyone's favorite SOCOM, it seems. But I never really played like the single player campaigns, and for two dollars, I'm just like, you know what? Let me see. It probably controls terribly because it's a PS2 third person shooter. But so I, I did. I bought that, and then I bought the Buffy the Vampire game, Buffy mm-hmm. the Vampire Slayer game for PS2. Nice. I feel like Dave is just like, why? <laughs> um, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's it's my favorite show of all time. Uh, the game looks terrible, but I like terrible things. Um, the reason mm-hmm. I bought that is I've been playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three again, which probably means maybe like I'm in like some work depression because I'm going back to like childhood games. <laughs> um, so I'm just like playing my PS2 uh, a lot lately because I was just like, I took it out of a drawer. I'm like rearranging stuff because I, uh, I might be moving in a couple months. So I'm just like going through my stuff. I'm like, all right, what am I throwing out? What am I keeping? See, d- this man is showing Pirates of the Caribbean's game. So you're showing bad games. I can't wait. I, I forgot all about this until you said all that. Yeah, so like I, you know, I dug out the PS2 again, and I usually play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 every year. Like, I will go back to it because it's like one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I might hook up my PS2 to my Elgato just because I I bought cables to stream stuff out. So I'm thinking when I get time next week, I'm going to probably stream Tony Hawk and the Buffy game, which I've never played the Buffy game. I just was surprised there was a Buffy game. Mm-hmm. looked at the box art and looked at a trailer and I needed to own it. And it was like $10, which is just like, you know, a subway sandwich with like a drink and chips. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, Josh, we well, have I, to like put something underneath his reviews from now on underneath the score, like X amount of subways, <laughs> like little images. Yeah, so <laughs> subways like the only thing to eat by my work. <clears throat> um, so I, I bought that. I might just stream a run of the Buffy game, uh, depending on how much. That would much, be awesome. Yeah. So depending on how well my yeah. my PS2, I still have my original PS2, one of my original PS2 controllers. It's like the see-through green one. <laughs> uh, wow. And it's getting pretty beat up, believe it or not. <laughs> I got those Logitech wireless ones, and that's all I used since I picked them up, like in the year 2000. <laughs> I'm probably like if anyone has any links to some like third party ass PS2 controllers I could buy on Amazon, please send me some links just because I need to probably get a better controller. And I'm assuming a third party controller has to feel better than a 15 year old PS2 controller at this point. Mm, I know I'd be surprised. There were a lot of shitty controllers that came out for the PS2. But people are still making N64 controllers that don't feel half bad. So I'm assuming there's someone out there making PS2 controllers don't, yeah. that don't feel half bad. 
if you could get a hold of that Logitech wireless, that was awesome. It's my favorite controller. It it has weight to it, um, but it was wireless at a time when there were no wireless controllers. You know, the PS2 had that had that freaking wire coming out with the DualShock. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've been just playing my PS2 a lot lately. I don't know why. Hmm. And I was like, I have a list of games that I want to rebuy uh, that I've lost. Dave may have found one. That That's is ugly. One. No, That's ugly. yeah, it's comfortable. It is insanely comfortable. 30, Did you? $35. Oh, dude, mm. buy it. Seriously, mm. it is well worth it. Honestly. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. It is. Maybe. It really it's is. Not on, it's a third party on Amazon, but it's on Amazon. So. I yeah. promise you, it is, it is absolutely worth it. I'll, I'll, I'll link people to my coffee page and they can, <laughs> there's a, there's a wired one for a hundred dollars. Oh God. It, it's just a, I don't know. The, the PS2 is still the best system ever. So there's so many games that like I couldn't afford yeah. as a kid that I'm just like, Oh, let me just go back to that. And there's, I made the mistake of as a kid, me and my brother trading as in our kid. games. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm missing a lot of my old wrestling games. WWF in your house for the PS one is a terrible wrestling game, but I want it again. And there's a ton of PS two games. I almost bought the Sly Cooper collection for PS three. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't know where my original copy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I was also trying to figure out did they give that collection away for PS plus and is it in my PS three library? So oh, I need, I need to do a bunch of research cause I just want to dive into old games. Um, okay. just, for perspective, I'm yeah. looking at my list. I have at least that I've been able to find and put into my list. I have 530 PS2 games. If you want to send any of your worst <laughs> ones or your dupes to me, I will take them. Oh, there are no worst ones on the PS2. Do you have duplicates? No. Right. No dupes? Damn. No dupes. Um, yeah. They're all individual so you haven't accidentally bought like a second copy of a game that you forgot you had? PS2, no. Okay. Um, PS3, I did, and that's when I, st- I was like, I really need to get this list together, and I got yeah. my list together. Um, but I think I even sold or gave those away, the one or two that I bought twice. Um, but I, I got like a ton of these were when that, whatever that website was where i was trading games and things or trading oh, whatever you know yeah, you i remember could, that a long time ago you could do that i i loaded up on just every piece of shit ps2 game i could get my hands on like ford racing three and ford racing two um but i have a ton of really great games on here too so i've, I've got a really nice wide selection of PS2 games. Yeah, I'm going to be eBay hunting, I think, just to like rebuild my childhood collection. Yeah. Um, or just asking like friends of just like, hey, your your video game collection in the basement that is probably destroyed. Mm. Uh, send that shit my way. Um, you got to yeah, hit up and- some of those garage sales too, man. Like, and just hope that you come across like a shoebox, <sighs> you know. So my neighborhood is pretty um what's a nice way of saying this um, Shitty? no no it's a it's a good neighborhood <laughs> i've been there he's got a nice looking neighborhood okay i'm in one of the like hipster yuppie neighborhoods 
and the yard sales in these neighborhoods are trash because everyone just looks at eBay prices and then marks their garage sale stuff as eBay wow. prices. And I'm constantly just like, this is not how this works. Not the Assholes. get it out of my house price. Like, yeah, so you, it's, uh, they're trying to make do? up. They're trying to break even, and it's like, nah. My wife is living on Facebook Marketplace. Go mm-hmm. on there. I don't want to get murdered. Is it safer than Craigslist? Like, yes. It's so much safer. It's, everything we do is porch pickup. They leave the shit on the porch. and I'm not giving someone on Facebook my address. No, you, no, you, no, no they no, give no. you their address. You go to their house and you drop an envelope of money in their mailbox and you walk away with a bag that's that sitting on the like porch. sounds like you're buying drugs. It does, doesn't it? So but they that's where. About- they talk you know nets exist, safe, right? You know nets exist. They could just drop a net on you. You're trapped. You're done. They got Josh, you. Josh, they talked about this exact thing on one of the radio shows that I listened to while I was on lunch today. And this yeah. guy called in and he goes, my wife has me do all this stuff when I'm out running my errands and I got to pick this stuff up. And she and he goes, I'm not doing it no more because he goes, I went to somebody's house and he, he bought like he's um, a, a toy dump truck for his son or something mm-hmm. like that. And he went and then the kid who's the dump truck belonged to, like he walked up to the porch and he was getting ready to leave with the truck. And the kid's standing at the window, looking out the window like, that's my truck. Oh, that's and he, fucked up. <laughs> and he's like backing out of the driveway. And the kid's like crying like his maybe his mom told him that he was selling the truck. Maybe his mom didn't tell him he was selling the truck. That's but all And then the radio host is like, you're going to be burned in that guy in that kid's memory forever. And like him's taking his truck. Well, I'll tell you. My wife sent me out two nights ago. She said, I need you to go basically almost an hour away to get this cake pan for $6. (laughs) Um, But it was a cake pan that that's all the it's it has three, six, nine individual trains in it, basically. Oh, yeah. So you make these cake train that she wanted it for Mason. And it was like whatever it was, like six bucks. And I was like, really? An hour? I have to drive an hour? And she's like, well, let me find you some games. And she's like, how's this? And she found like the next town over, two towns over, for $3, these games. They they had a list of all these PS2 games and, and Wii games and stuff. And I was like, well, I have all those. I don't have those three. So how about those three? And she's like, okay, go get them. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Legend of Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End on PS2, and then Skylanders Giants on Wii. Not that I needed any of them, but a couple bucks, and she handed me the money and said, go. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's my payment for, for driving up to get this cake thing for Mason. Um, but you'd be surprised. She, I, I said, what else is on there? And she just went through the video game stuff, and it's it's insane how much shit is on there. It's it's really insane. And people are dum-dums. Like, one person put up a brand new Switch for 100 bucks, which was gone instantly. But somebody had it up there, and I'm like, I'm saying to her, who does that? Like, how is it somebody who's just pissed off at their kids? Or is it somebody who doesn't know? Like I, you know, this was given to me and I don't want it. And to, to somebody take it for a hundred bucks, you know, I, I don't know who, who puts these things up for these ridiculous prices, but that's, she's looking for all the stuff for the kids and things. But, you know, I'm like, well, if you see this, <laughs> I just, let me know. 
I, I t- the one game I'm looking for desperately is Def Jam Vendetta. I Ooh. typed in PS2 games mm-hmm. in Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. and Def Jam Vendetta popped up <laughs> for five dollars. Oh, but they want me to die because it's only pickup available on the West Side, <laughs> and I'm not about to do that for Def Jam Vendetta. I feel like that's a trap. I, I, no. I'm not doing it. I'm not picking up Def Jam, Def Jam Vendetta. I might just eBay that. I'm uh, just because for have... some reason I really want to play the Def Jam games. Yeah, I don't have that on PS2. No. That was PS2? Yes, PS2. Okay, yeah, I don't have that. Uh, Def Jam Vendetta and Def Jam Fight for New York, I believe, were the two games. And I really want to play those again, but I'm not going to travel for those. So I might just overpay for an eBay. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's that's just pretty much I'm playing. I'm not really watching anything else. Um, I'm going to be at C2E2 this weekend, uh, which is the Chicago Comic-Con convention, because they've really kind of went all out. There's like a Mortal Kombat panel, uh, Women of Overwatch panel. They have like three of the voice actors from Overwatch. Uh, Nolan North and Rob Paulson are going to be there doing talking tunes, and they're going to be doing uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. So they're going to be doing that. All, all three Animaniacs, Animaniacs are going to be there as well, uh, doing that panel. David Tennant is in there, is going to be at the show. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be living at McCormick Place for basically three days this weekend. Uh, so that that that's my highlight. That's the thing I'm like preparing for, and uh, works is packing in as much work as possible before I take three days off. Uh, so I'll probably talk about, uh, C2E2 and if anyone's at C2E2 and wants to say hi and you run into me, uh, definitely say hi. I will awkwardly just say hi back and then walk away, but that's who <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for me. Josh, do you want to go? Uh, sure. Uh, played more toe jam and Earl, um, because I'm trying to figure out there, there was a bug, uh, with some of the trophies and, I was trying to see if those bugs had been fixed, um, but I didn't play all the way through a complete world yet because that's what one of the ones was. If you played partway and then stopped and saved the game and then came back to it and finished the world, you didn't get the finish the world trophy. (laughs) Um, You had to play through it in one sitting, Um, but supposedly that was fixed. Um. I played a chunk of Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Yes. And I'm just giddy with how detailed DC is. (laughs) Have you you found Michael in the game? I have not. Yeah, I didn't really see the resemblance uh, that much. (laughs) You guys sent me like a really dark photo. Yeah, I realized that it didn't. It looked... Didn't look that dark when I screenshotted it. I came across another one and I thought about sending it to you again, but I found like a movie poster that looks like Swig. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, Palmer um, found it. So. I'm just super impressed and I'm I'm really, really excited. Like I was looking at the map and I'm looking at it like, okay, I know that that's the State Department and there's an Einstein statue that almost nobody knows exists over in this area. I really want to see if that's there. I like there's all this stuff that I want to see 
that but you know it's deeper into the game and at higher levels and everything so it's going to be a while long while before have, I get have you accidentally walked into a, 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 a zone no. that you're okay no i i don't accidentally walk into anything <laughs> um, well because like, it does like there's little lines on the ground and it'll tell yeah. you when you discovered a new neighborhood and it'll tell you the label the level there was yeah. a situation where like i was there's a part like in the southern, like direct south that like the the eastern, the southeastern side of the map unlocks. But then the mm-hmm. south, the south and the southwest part where like it's Potomac Park, I believe um, that that is like level that was like level 17 or something like that. And then there was a point where like there was a control point right on the corner of that like as close to the edge as it possibly could be. And I, Palmer and I would go by and like, Oh, let's do the control point. We turn and just get just obliterated. And we're like, <laughs> what is going on? And then I look at the map. I'm like, that's in a level 17 zone. And we're like a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, I, I really, I'm excited to see. It is such a good looking game. All of it. Yeah. And it is, it is. And I'm just the detail in the parts that I've seen. I'm excited to get to other areas that I know from the city that I know, like the back of my hand, you know, go into the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I went into just in the beginning where, you know, you're walking up to the white house. I was going around as much as I could. Um, because I've been all over that area, obviously. And then when you left the white house to go to the, to go to the theater Mm -hmm. district, to go to, Ford's theater basically um i wandered into a building i was like oh look i can wander in there and on the other side of the doorway like you wander in the building and you can go around in there but if you go out that other door i knew that i was in shitville and i didn't want to go through there so i was being real careful and i'm looking around but i found a ton of stuff inside that building yeah the little backpacks and the trait in yeah. the crates and stuff like that yeah yeah and all those all those uh what are the recordings that I yeah, like? I'm having, phones, a, yeah, I'm having a ton of uh, just searching for those. So it tells you too, like it's, it's, it's a hundred percent open world distraction, shiny thing over here, shiny thing oh, over yeah. there, like just, just bad. And, and between that and my need to explore and my knowledge of the area, it's just, um, I'm going to be at like level three forever, (laughs) but I I need to move myself up so that I can get to these other areas because I'm dying to see all these other places. I'm dying to walk into a couple of the museums because I've been in all those museums countless times Mm -hmm. I mean, they're free. That's the cool thing. They're all paid for by our taxpayer dollars. So when you go to Washington, DC, every museum there is completely free. There isn't even like a suggested donation box or anything like that. You just walk in and you can wander around. It's amazing. And I'm so excited to go into some of them and see them like post-apocalyptic, torn apart. But knowing the layout and and seeing you know what's still there and what's not and seeing some of the monuments and what's still there and, and how messy they are and all that shit and – Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. It looks beautiful, though. I, I really love it. Um, and I like the way it plays, too, so far. So it's cool. Um, did some roundabout on the Vita because um, I just wanted to play something. I, I had the Vita because the kids were on the PS4 playing 
either Lego City or Lego Dimensions or Lego Incredibles, whatever they were playing, one of those. And I had the Vita, so I started playing that. Um, played some Wolfenstein New Colossus on the Switch. And then Halo on from the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I was in there and I was I was trying to figure out what to play, and I was looking for something to just play. And um, I think both the kids were like, "What is that?" As I scrolled past it, and I was like, "Oh, that's Halo." And Mason was like, that seems familiar. And I was like, I don't know if I ever showed you that. And I was like, oh, no, I did show you that. Because when we bought Minecraft on the Xbox, it had a Halo skin pack. And we had it. it I was so impressed with the Minecraft world they built for Halo because it's the first level. Well, the first level when you crash on the ring on Halo, it's the same thing. And then I showed him Halo, that part of it. Um, so I played, and he wanted me to start again from the beginning. He's like, well, I want to know the story. I was like, that's a big part of it is the story. So I had to start from the beginning again. <laughs> and I played through uh, like an hour or two of it. Um, but they were, both of them were listening to the story and kind of getting into that. And then I was like, all right, I need to stop and move on here. Um but that's, I think, all I played. And I got those three games that my wife sent me out to, to get. And I haven't played those yet. So well, I played Giants, but not on the Wii. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's it. So, nice. Dave? Um, division? I, yeah, all <laughs> division. Um, I just checked and I told them before we started recording, and it's an embarrassing number, but it's 43 and a half hours. Wow. Since the Monday night, the 11th. Yeah, I might have three hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> might. You're putting in I mean, full work shifts almost. Yeah. <laughs> a day. Um, well, so it's, it, Monday night, I was able to play it er, a little early. And then we got the Ubisoft was nice enough to send us the um, the gold edition. So that I was had I had access to it on the 12th versus the 15th. I was off on the 12th. And then Owen was sick on the 13th. So I stayed home with Owen and stayed home. He watched Paw Patrol. I played Division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, but I was fortunate enough to get to get some significant time into it. Um, I am reviewing it, so I'm not necessarily like I wouldn't say that I'm rushing to get to Endgame, um, but I do want to. I don't want it to drag out like six weeks, you know, like that. That's what I don't want to have happen. So. Um, it's very, very good. Like it's, it's very, very good. Um, they are definitely backed up everything that they said in terms of what's going to be in the game at launch, how it's going to function. And unfortunately for them, very for like other games like Anthem, like it's just, it's putting Anthem to shame. Yeah. I was going to say on a scale of Anthem to destiny, where would you put the division <laughs> to? Um, I mean, I had I had my problems with Anthem. I have my problems with Destiny. Uh, Destiny's released new content this week, and I didn't play it. Um, wow! So. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah there there was a um, there was a quest in, in there was a quest in Destiny where you had to make a choice, and there were some things that showed up. And but I, I did not touch Destiny this week, um, and it's not because 
I'm not. Uh, I didn't like the content. It was because I was having more fun playing this. There wasn't, you know, in in even with some of the frustration of me playing solo or forgetting to matchmake in a mission, um, you know, or just you know any of those things of uh, when you go down in division, you have the you have the chance to be uh, rezzed. You have a timer on you, and you have a chance to be rezzed quickly. And then you can go down, and then and when you're dead, and then you can also still be rezzed before you choose to respawn. But if you're playing solo, you go down, you're just screwed. Because <laughs> there's no AI combatants or AI teammates or anything like that to help you. Um, but the, um, the flow of the game, how the XP works, there's no like XP throttling. It's all based percentage based. Um, as you as you level up, the XP number gets bigger, and they're they're huge numbers. But you also get like huge numbers for doing things. Like as you start getting into the upper twenty levels, like it's you know four hundred thousand XP to level up. But you do like a story mission, and it's two hundred fifty thousand XP. Why like, do they do that? <laughs> Why can't I just be 100 XP and I get 12 XP for doing a mission? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so absurd. <laughs> um, a lot of it has to do with you're getting XP for every you're getting XP for every little thing you do in the game, though. Like you put a skill yeah. out and you kill somebody, you get a little bit of XP. You you get a headshot, it gets you more XP than a body shot kill would, and you can see those XP numbers going up. Um, like we like Josh talked about, like the game just looks amazing, and 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 I don't want to continuously rip on Anthem, but you load once. Mm. Yeah, you, and, and you can start a story mission on demand. You can matchmake on the fly, and when you matchmake on the fly with randoms, they can stay in your group and to go do. And then you can say, "Yeah, I'm going to go do this mission." And if they don't want to do it, they just leave. And, and you know they're in there and they can play with you. Um, joining on, you know the the UI is still slightly clunky in terms of like figuring out how to join somebody or how to get into the clan. Um, but there are so many. Po- there's so much polish. I mean, I said it on my preview event and everything like that. This is Division One, like with tons and tons of polish and smoothness. Like they took the sandpaper and it's and they took a they took a block that was like a stu- like a, a a square block that was that was fine and functional and made it into like a perfect circle that rolls perfectly. Like it's, it's right now, it's just like everything that they did well that worked well in Division One. They brought to Division Two and they made it better. And the scary part is they did all this while they were making Division One better. Like they essentially used Division One almost as their beta testing thing, and then they came out with their second game, and it everything works. They had one minor skill hiccup in the game in launch, but other than that, there wasn't any connectivity issues. There wasn't any like glitching out of the map, like division. There wasn't any exploiting. It's it, it's it's just solid from top to bottom. There's so many replays on Twitch. There's so long that I played it. I think I played it for like nine hours straight on Tuesday. I played it, you know, like there's so much. You can just fast forward through things if you want. And, you know, I got, you know, like I'm trying to make streams look better. You know, Josh and Michael are looking at me on camera right now with this neon green background that I have. Um, you know, but the green screen looks really well on, on the stream. Um, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm having a lot of fun playing the game. I've been playing a ton of it with Palmer. I've played some of it with Glenn. And then, like, I can even, you know, Josh and Michael have the game, and I can, I'll be ahead of them, but I can join them, and I can help them, and it'll boost their level up so they get even more XP when they're playing. I'm hearing armor doesn't scale with it, so you do get kind of shredded quickly. You know, like, you, you do, you, you, the damage you put out isn't as bad, but you do have to play a little more passively because the damage you take in is pretty bad, and hopefully they'll, they'll adjust that. 
to where like you get hit once and your armor goes away. You won't necessarily die, but you'll be in cover a lot trying to use health packs and stuff like that. But the my, the details that are in the game in terms of when you're pressing and holding right on the D-pad to heal yourself, you're physically watching your player take his armor plate out of his shirt and put it on the ground and put it back and put a new one back in his shirt. Like it's just it just works and it's yeah. it's great. And if you're on the fence about this game because you feel like you got burned by Division One or you got burned by Anthem or any other looters, like telling you like this game values your time. It's giving you it's it's doing the replacing the loot like hand over fist where you're getting new weapons, but you want to mess with it because it's a different weapon. But it also doesn't punish you if you find something that you like and you want to hold on to it. And it's a level 12 and you're a level 18. You don't feel like when you all of a sudden you use a level 18 weapon, like you're doing more damage. You don't feel punished for using what you like. Um, Oh, actually that reminds me one thing Yeah, that I, I don't know if it's a bug. I don't know if I'm just dopey. Um, I keep seeing on my screen constantly, hey, you've got new items in your mailbox. Go open your mailbox and check them out. And I go to the mailbox and it says zero. You have to go into your stash. You have to hit R1 or L1 and move over into your inbox and open yeah. your inbox and pull that yeah. out. Yeah. I go to my inbox and it says there's nothing there. Where do you go to your inbox? Like in the White House? There's I've a, done it. I've done it both places. I've there's done a it. crate you have to walk up to. Yeah, I did okay. it in the White House, and there's nothing there. And then I did it at the at the theater, and there's nothing there. And I did I, it out in the open, and there's nothing yeah. there. I'm like, am I missing something? What's going on here? I would have to see exactly where it is, but they, there is a lot of inter- interesting things that are hidden deeply in the menus that are a little annoying in terms of the mm-hmm. UI. When you hit yeah. options and it brings up your screen, and you have all these exclamation points, and I know Josh, and he's like, I want to make the exclamation points go away. No, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I just look at it. And I'm like, there's too much on the screen. Yeah. I can't figure out what the fuck. There's what. there's Ubisoft, like there's there's <laughs> there's little microtransactions all over this game, but yeah. they're they're also not affecting your gameplay at all at all. Yeah, I ignore a lot of it. Like I, I, I went in because I'm trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what that was and where that was, and you know, it said you have to do it here. And I was like, okay, and then I went there and I opened it up and I looked and there's nothing there. So I don't know why it keeps telling me. You're that. talking about you have like the little orange exclamation point in the lower left hand corner of your screen. Uh, no, no, it was literally saying you have stuff in your mailbox or whatever it was calling it, and. Okay. It would say, go to the, you know, the whatever, open that up. And then, and I found it and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing there. It says zero. So that's, and one of the other things, I don't know if you've noticed this, the text is way too fucking small on it the is. screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh the, the, the UI text is small. I, I only it's sit way too small. I only sit t- two and a half feet away from three feet away from my computer, my <laughs> monitor. So it's not a huge problem for me. I know you sit on a couch, Josh, and you kind of like kick back and relax and play a game. Um, way it, far it, away from my TV, I yeah. can't read shit. <laughs> it, it, it is small, um, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of information in this game. Like this yeah. is this is truly a builds game, but at the same time, it has the ability for somebody like you to play the game, have fun, and feel like you're doing something while you're just like, oh, this is a level twelve weapon. This is better than my level nine, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah um, and that's basically what I'm doing. Like I in in those in those backpacks and everything. It's like yeah. Oh, you got this and you got this. And then I'd go into the menu and I'm like, ooh, that one's better. All right, yeah. let's just switch that out. <laughs> but then you fire the gun and you're like, you know what? I don't like this. And you can go back to what you had or you can yeah. find something else and you can switch. And um, it just, it's just, it's everything's just working. Like, yep. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's, 
it's just it, it values values your time. It, it is a time investment, and then like even the stuff I'm hearing from friends of mine that are even a little farther ahead of me that are getting into the end game to where you unlock your specializations, and then you have a skill tree for your specializations, and the world tiers that, that exist. Like you're going from zero to thirty, and then you get once you hit level thirty, you get promoted to world tier one. And when you're in world tier one, that's when everything changes to gear score, and then your items will drop to a certain point of your gear score, like two seventy. I don't know the exact numbers yet, but like two. 70 and then you have to complete a couple things and you unlock world tier two and when you're in world tier two that's how you can go from like 270 to three to 350 and then you unlock world tier three and like this is like the all the steps and you can come down in the world like i can i can reset my world i can change my world to world tier two to go help michael or to help josh or to help somebody else and then i can go back to world tier four if, if that's where i am and continue working on my grind for certain things and then if you find something that you like in the game, like there's a weapon or there's a perk that you like, and it's a really cool perk, and it's on a blue weapon that's like a level 9, you can just put that in your vault or your stash or whatever you want to call it. And when you get that weapon to drop again at like a level 30 or an exotic weapon, you can then do something called recalibration where you take that perk off of your level 9 weapon and put it on the level 30 weapon. Hmm. So, and, you know, like that's in terms of like, you know, knowing what you like, valuing your time and letting you take something and build it there. And then the crafting of, you know, collecting the materials, like collecting all of the the steel and the titanium and the water bottles and, you know, all those things that you're doing. A lot of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's so much, there's, there's such a consistent gameplay loop where you can be doing something. And there is a criticism I have of the game and I feel dumb saying this, but there are times where I'm like, I want to go from the safe house to the mission and when i'm trying to go there it's like enemy control point roaming and then these other enemies are roaming and you're not even engaging with them and they see you and they just start shooting you and it's like i just want to go play the mission and well you have to stealth past them man (laughs) there's so much going on in the game in terms of just the the consistent gameplay loop of, of 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 something always to do and valuing your time um yeah you know people have been asking me like what i think like it's it's the most fun that I've had, quote unquote, grinding through a story in three years, four years. Nice. And, and you know, it's it's just it's it's very solid. Um, I should hopefully be able to 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 score it and review it next week. And writing this review, I'm gonna have to figure out what's what I think is important or what's not important, so I don't have like a four thousand word review that Josh is gonna be like, yeah, this ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but if you, if you remotely on the fence about it, like drop into, into, into the stream, ask me some questions, uh, you know, I'll answer them, get the game. We have a clan. There's so many small details, like in the other, one of the wings of the white house there, like I've, I created a clan. We've added people. You get clan XP, you get clan rewards. There is a PS nation headquarters in the white house that has hmm. like our insignia and banner and everything hanging. And we're starting to upgrade the clan where we'll have a clan only vendor and clan only bounties and, and things like that, that you can do. So I'll make sure to get Josh in the clan when he gets to that point in a month where he, when he's level seven <laughs> Six <laughs> or, <months>. or, you <laughs> know, like Josh, you and I can play together for a couple hours and I can try to show you some things, you know? Um, but it's just, it's, it's solid and it, it, and it works. And I can't rave about it enough right now. So I just, I'm I'm having a great time with the game. And if if you're remotely on the fence, I would say just buy it. It's 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 well worth the sixty dollars. And the and everybody was worried about 
them like the early access and the the race for worlds first on these end game activities and stuff like that and they've handled everything so well world tier five is locked and they haven't said when it's coming so everybody it'll release in enough time where the people that got to play the game three days or two days early aren't going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the people that didn't get to play the game world tier five will release at the same time for everybody they can all try to level up to get to the point of where the raid will it's, it's supposed to be an eight player raid Hmm. Um, so I don't have any idea when that's coming or what that's going to be like and I don't even know when World Tier 5 is but they've been very quick to react to the game it's been patched I say patched but they have this ability and I asked them this question in my interview like they have this ability to shut the servers down for 5 or 7 minutes we're like hey guys we're going offline for like 10 minutes and when they come back on they're like okay this is fixed and I'm just like and they're not patching it there's not a patch that's being pushed to the console they're doing something server side and they're doing it quickly. That's cool. Or they're transparent of, hey, w- we don't know what's causing this, but we figured out a way to reduce it. Like there was a point in time where you would put a skill out, like you drop a turret and it would just disappear after 10 seconds. And it's supposed to stay there for like 90 seconds mm-hmm. or your other skill would just disappear. So like and they're like, OK, we don't we don't really know what's causing this yet, but we have figured out a way to hopefully reduce it. And it seems to have been reduced. Um, so like, I'm, I'm very happy with it, but that is all I have played. And that is all that I have watched. <laughs> um, cause it's 40 some odd hours of my free time over the last seven days, including the half an hour that the guys had to wait for me today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, but th- by the division too, like it's, it's a very, very straight, based on what I know is coming out the rest of the year, like it's, it's a very strong candidate for game of the year for me right now. Like something's going to have to knock my socks off that comes out later this year. All right. Uh, community. You want to take the first question, Michael? I should be looking at that page. Um, yes. Um, at sock games asks what games have the best use of the PS4 controllers light bar division two. <laughs> oh god! Oh, what does Division Two do? It, nothing spectacular. I've no, I've noticed it a little bit more. Just it it shows like it it flashes red when your health is getting low. Um, it it's different colored, but yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen anything. I've just noticed it more probably because I've been playing it this week. But I feel like it's just like oh, that's interesting. Like that when you're in a safe zone, it's a different color than when you're in combat. Uh, no. I, I can't name a particular game, but I like when the light bar changes based on the color of the room you're in or the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple games do that. I mostly only notice the light bar when I'm playing like local multiplayer games with my friends. And that's how you can easily tell which player is which, especially when you're on a couch and you're not sitting perfectly lined up with your character uh, for some multiplayer games. It's always easy to be like, OK, you're clearly green. And so on and so forth. That, that's the only time I really like look at the light bar because I don't have that many of the new controllers that have the line through the trackpad for you to see mm. the light. So I don't yeah. really and I dim the light bar to the lowest possible setting yeah. uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, the, the health stuff is really cool, especially uh, when it like flashes, like when you're on low health and your screen's flashing and your light bar is flashing. Uh, but yeah, mostly local multiplayer games is where I notice it. The things I remember, um, which were really cool, uh, Thief was kind of a shitty stealth game. 
Um, because like a big part of it was sound, if I remember right. And the sound was all fucked up in it. So it just didn't work. Um, but I played through the whole game and kind of enjoyed it to a certain extent. Um, that one, it's all about stealth and you have to be in the shadows all the time. The moment you step out and you're out and you're exposed, the light bar goes bright white, like super bright white, which was really cool. It was a very easy way to see, Oh shit, I got to hide. Um, GTA five and Lego city undercover, uh, both do the flashing red and blue when the police like Lego Lego city undercover, when you're in a cop car and you turn on the sirens, your light bar flashes red and blue. Um, but when you're in GTA five and they're chasing you, you've got the, the red and blue flashing, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, alien isolation, your light bar becomes the motion tracker. Okay. That's pretty pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember Tomb Raider Definitive Edition had like an orange and and red flicker like a torch when you're in the caves and things like that and you've got a torch going and it kind of it works if you're in a dark room works really well and um what was the other one Infamous Second Son um your karma yeah It'll it'll gradually change one way or the other and get brighter and stronger depending on where you are with your karma, good or bad, which was actually really cool. A nice way to have that visual with you at all times. So, and those are the ones I can remember um, that I thought were cool. Uh, Justin W. writes using hashtag AskPSNation. I'm currently replaying the newest God of War on the hardest difficulty and getting destroyed. So I wanted to ask you guys, what is the hardest game that you've ever played? Demon Souls. Still haven't beat it. I think I got through the first area and just didn't have the patience or the ability to, to get past the second area. And that, And I bought that game the day it came out, the collector's edition, and just, nope, nope, ha- have not been able to beat that. One day. I think the servers are off, but w- I think that makes it easier. One day, I, I will beat that game. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's probably the hardest game that I've ever had to play. I can't really think of anything. Oh, look at you. Too good at games over here? No, because I just, <laughs> I, I picked the games to play that I... Like I, like I'm worried about that with Sekiro. Like Sekiro looks super cool to me, but I'm like I don't really know if I want to play that game and just ram my head into a wall all day. Because like I've looked at Bloodborne and I've seen stuff, and I've looked at Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to have my controller embedded in my television. So, um, I'm trying to think which uh, a Jack. hard game to okay. to play would be one that I struggled to control in general. Like Extinction was very hard to play because it was just awful control wise. Extinction. What, what was the one? Oh that, yeah, you, yeah. Fighting the yeah. ogres and cutting their heads off, and, and yeah, yeah. That seemed more of like the game's problem, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, Josh? I can't think of one in particular, but I guarantee it was probably an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game because those games were hard as balls. <laughs> 
they were meant to be insanely difficult. Um, I I can't think of one in particular though. I know, I mean, some of them I got really good at, but others they were just way too hard. Um, yeah, there's probably a lot of arcade games that I oh, played yeah. oh, that I gosh. never were able to beat because those were strictly just to get as much quarters out of you as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were built to be that difficult on purpose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I Maybe even like talking about arcade games, like I, I never really played them in the arcades because I thought they were bullshit. Um, but I've played them a million times on like PS3 and PS4 and wherever else they've been ported to um the dragon's lair and space ace mm-hmm. um and i thought they were bullshit because you weren't actually playing a game you were just doing quick time events essentially <laughs> before i even knew what a quick time event was i recognized it for what it was and i'm like you're not doing anything you're just it's even telling you push left okay i just push left i'm like you're not really playing what's the point <laughs> see the imag- imagining those see i don't know those games as arcade games so the idea that mm. those are arcade games is oh, just yeah. kind of like why but yeah well yeah. and and that was the thing and i had a friend and i'm sure i've talked about this in the past on here but i had a friend who was like oh my gosh this is it has the most amazing graphics i'm like it's it's you're watching a freaking cartoon it's not graphics it's not they didn't make like some astounding leap in graphics for this game. You're watching a cartoon and you're just, you get to a point where it's either going to show you this part of the cartoon next or this part of the cartoon. It's to choose your own adventure essentially. And that's what frustrated me was that people were so up on hyped on the graphics. And I'm like, it's, it's a cartoon. And then when you compare (laughs) it to a cartoon, it's not even like a, the best looking cartoon. So well, it's it was just like, Don it, Bluth, but yeah. yeah, it was, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't an arcade game. It yeah. wasn't like, I never saw it as a pure arcade game and I'm not, I'm shitting on it because more because it wasn't gameplay, traditional gameplay. It was quick time events and choose your own adventure. And at the time that was new and it was weird and it was different. And I didn't see it as gameplay. Plus, it costs like a dollar to play it, if I remember correctly. Each playthrough was a dollar or, or a minimum 50 cents, or more likely it was a dollar. And you would go in and I would watch people play it, and they would last maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds sometimes, and the game would be over. And I'm like, why the fuck? I'm going to go over here and play Pac Man for an hour on one quarter. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not doing that. Um, but I, I got them, you know, on the PS three, they released them on Blu-ray discs, like literally Blu-ray that you could put in your Blu-ray player, but it also works on the PS three and you could play those games. And then they brought them out for PS four. And I think Vita, did they come out on Vita? No, it wasn't on Vita. No, I think there was talk for the Vita, but I don't think it ever came out on Vita. Um, but yeah, I played them. And I actually, with with the ones on the PS4, you can um, you can just watch all the cutscenes, Watch all the scenes, basically, and go through it. <laughs> so I did that with Space Ace because I wanted to see the story. I always wanted to see the story in that. And I never 
saw anybody that could get through it. Because uh, it's just, those games were hard as balls. They were ridiculous. So now that I've beat that into the ground. <laughs> we have a similar question uh, from Jonathan. Uh, what is your favorite game of all time that you've never been able to complete? Uh, he hashtagged Earthworm Jim 2 in this tweet. Oh, uh, but wow. do you have a favorite game that you've never complete? I feel like that goes in with some of the arcade games. Oh my gosh. I uh, probably got a dozen of those, but I don't even know off the top of my head. Do you guys have one? Uh, the original Shadow of the Classes, the PS2 one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never was able to beat that, but that was more because my PS2 felt like it was going to die when I was playing that game on there. I eventually beat it when it came over to the PS3. Uh, but I have fond memories of playing it on the PS2, and I never had beaten it on the PS2. Uh, but uh, most of the time, I try and beat most of the games outside of, you know, like Demon Souls and like arcade games just because money. Uh, <laughs> but like games that I would consider favorite that I'd never were, were was able to beat or I just kind of left it there because I've definitely just like walked away from games just because time and life happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like Shadow Classes on PS2, I would consider it one of my favorite games and I have a lot of fond memories of that game, but I totally never beat it on a PS2. It wasn't until the, the PS3 remaster came out or that I actually beat it. <coughs> I don't know if that's cheating or if that doesn't count, but um, uh, Josh, cover your ears. Uh, I've <laughs> never, uh, and Dave, uh, I've never beat uh, any Zelda game uh, yeah. or Ratchet and Clank game. Ooh. Uh, now that's that's problematic. Actually, there's a bunch of Ratchet and Clank games that I never got to finish. I've loved every and Ratchet I, and Clank I game I've yeah, played, but I've never finished them. Yeah, and I was on a mission at one point to go back from the beginning and play through each of them in order. And I was doing it and life, and I never got to finish all of them. But there's, yeah, I would love to go back and finish those. Um I, I've never retired a MLB Road to the Show player. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> I haven't done that yet either. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, oh, what was the thing I was just thinking about? Oh, like the the Sonic the Hedgehog games. I love those, but I have never finished a single one. Yeah, I don't think I, I have finished either. the first one. <laughs> I've never finished any of them. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of games like that, uh, but story mode games like those big story mode games. Yeah, the Ratchet and Clank ones. I'm I'm a little disappointed that there's only a, the first couple that I finished all the way to the end, and one or two of the later ones. But I really I would love to go through and get through all of them beginning to end. I mean, I did it with Sly Cooper, but there were only four of them. Mm-hmm. And those are relatively short games in comparison, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or at least the first two yeah. slides. Yeah. I don't know about the third one. I've never played the third Sly Cooper game. The third one's a lot bigger. And the fourth one was was pretty big. But the fourth one, what saved me with the fourth one was it had uh, cross-save for PS3 and Vita. And I literally did that when I was doing the review. I would literally, literally play it at home, upload the save, download it to the Vita and play it on the train on the way to work and play it on the train on the way home. And then I'd come home, upload the save and 
continue. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I blew right through that game so quickly <laughs> because I could just play it wherever I was. It was great. Yeah. Anything, Dave? Yeah, for that. Uh, not Again, I mean, usually when I decide to start playing a game, like I decide that I'm going to focus on this game and try to beat it. Um, like I've walked away from a couple games that I haven't beaten. Like I didn't complete, I didn't get, I didn't beat like Darksiders 3 yet. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's something that's like looming on me where I, I will want to complete it and things like that. So usually when I invest a certain amount of time into a game, I decide like, hey, I'm, I want to finish this. So, and then that could mean knocking the difficulty down to finish it. There, there, there is a PC Jurassic Park game that hmm. when I was five, I played. I don't remember even if it was a real game, but I just remember you would walk through the the main like complex a Jurassic Park, and that's the only thing that I remember from that. But I don't believe if that was a full game. I, I remember never that. beat I, that. I think that was a full game, and that was just a small part of it. I think I had that actually. Yeah, I had that because uh, my parents we had a computer like a compact Presario in like ninety five, ninety six <laughs> for like. I think my dad like rent-a-centered one and then realized it was a ripoff and then immediately just like got rid of it. And then it was like a couple years after that, we got an actual computer. Uh, but I remember, I don't think I ever finished that Jurassic Park game. If anyone can name it, I will try and find some uh, emulator version of that game on my PC. I need to know if that's a real game. I think it is. I, it's a real game, but I don't know if it was like a tech demo-y thing or if that was like no. a full-blown game. No, I think it was a game. Because it came with the compact presario that uh, my dad got from Rena Center. Uh, we can move on now. Yeah. Josh, you want to take the next one? Uh, the next one is from J. Daniel Dabbs. says, hey guys, how about bringing a little more light to new DLC being released under the radar, like Beat Saber Monster Cat Music Pack that I just bought. Or Zen Studios Williams Volume 3 Tables. Things like that interest me. Maybe it does. Others as well. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, that's awesome idea. Uh, we just don't get a lot of press releases on those. I didn't even know Beat Saber had DLC. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, Andy mentioned it in our Slack channel. Because Andy like, really likes that. So I'm sure Andy on a side quest is talking some Beat Saber. I didn't know anything about that. No. Um, yeah, that's tough because if we're not playing that game and actively seeing that, or if we're not getting a press release on it, which we don't most of the time, I don't know how we would be aware of it really. Yeah. Um, I realize I, I haven't been getting too much or hearing too much about Zen pinball as of late. But I feel like they've kind of just hit that like harmonics rock band groove where content does ca- rolls out at a high enough pace that there's really no need for them to like shout from the rooftops that they have new content because the people that follow those games, yeah, really follow those games. Uh, because you know there was a while where you would get the the weekly Xbox uh, the rock band email like, hey, we added a you know three to 12 new songs from that like rock band two to three era. And then after a while, those just stopped because it's like, Hey, it's rock band. We're going to have new music. 
Uh, I feel like that's how it is with Zen Studios with some of their pinball stuff. Is just like, hey, we got pinball, and we're going to continue to have pinball for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's like Josh said. Like, if it's not something that, for the most part, lately, like it from like the last pretty much this year, if it's not something that I'm sent to on assignment or covering for a review. I, I mean, I'm having fun playing the games, but most of them I'm playing because I enjoy playing them and I'm covering them. So, yeah. Um, so then, final question from Easy T K. Um, just uh, hey, at PS Nation, just seeing if you guys have messed with the PS One Classic modding. Mine has over eighty games on it now, making it well worth having. Yar, you pirate. <laughs> Um, I don't have one. I'm it's, still I'm I'm waiting for it to drop to under twenty bucks, and it's on the way. <laughs> I mean, it's already down to forty across yep. all retailers. I'm so glad I didn't buy that when it came out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's at forty dollars right now everywhere, and that's tempting enough. I did see some yeah. um uh at Best Buy there was like a fair amount of open box ones, just a stack of like wow. open box ones, which are just, you know, people return them. Cause you have like yep. two weeks or something. Um, there was like seriously, like probably like 10 open boxed ones. So, and those were, I think going for 30 to $35 depending on their con- physical condition. So if you really want to go hunting, hit up best buys and see how many returned PS one classics there are. And you can get your, get you a decent enough deal on them. Uh, but I've been following the, 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 the modding community for the PS one classic and it's making it really tempting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bleem stuff is getting really, really good on that in terms of everything that they're able to get running on that system and building out a better UI to handle more than the like 20 or 30 games it came with. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of still waiting for it to hit a sweet spot or, uh, me just to just, you know, skip subway for a week and then, you know, buy one. But, uh, I will probably mod it cause I did mod the, the SNES and NES classics cause that was fairly easy. And this one seems like it's just as easy, if not more, cause you just plug a keyboard and hit escape <laughs> and you're, and you're good to go. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Glenn responded to him on Twitter and they kind of had a back and forth conversation because I know Glenn has modded his. So I know that the this person that wrote this question did have some back and forth on Twitter with Glenn. So I know he answered it, but I don't have. Yeah, I haven't. I don't have a PS1 classic. And if I get one, I, I highly doubt that I would take the time to mod it. Uh, that would be a fun process for you. I mean, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Just uh, go to the shady parts of the internet to, I mean, not shady parts of the internet. I mean, you would rip your own copies of the games that you have legally. You wouldn't go to the shady parts of the internet to get emulators. No. Can you, can you tell me how to get to the dark web? <laughs> uh, it's all maybe on the dark we, web, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe when we hit stop hitting recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. All right, so that is the last question of the night. So we appreciate you guys sending those questions using hashtag AskPSNation. Um, like Michael's mentioned for a couple of weeks, I would love to see 
one or two that maybe aren't gaming related so we can kind of just have a little bit of different conversations so you guys can kind of get to know us a little bit more maybe outside of a gaming realm i know that we tend to shine light on that ourselves through our conversations but we would love to see some more non-gaming um questions just to to change the the flow of the questions that we're getting the gaming ones are great but you know maybe you guys want to get us to know us a little bit differently you can also send um you can send an email to podcast at psnation.com. Uh, I haven't, we haven't got one of those in a little while, other than from Platinum Clapton. Um, or you can go to psnation.com and click the Contact Us button, and it'll send us an email that way. Uh, don't forget about the forums, psnation.com slash forums. Uh, there are a lot of discussions going on there. There's a little bit more of a revival over the Rocket League thread of trying to maybe see if they can do some tournaments or some competitions or a league or something like that in there. So if you guys are still playing Rocket League or want to dabble back in that, Go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, Facebook.com slash PS Nation page where um, I posted one this weekend of what people were playing and got, got a lot of a lot of craziness going on in that one. So that was a lot of fun just to see what people are playing on their weekends. I just kept uh, replying to everybody. Yeah, yeah you, Michael just, <laughs> just wrote it out for me while I was at work because I was like, huh, I wonder what, you know, because I was doing a lot of um, uh, social media pushing for uh, joining the, the Division Clan. Um, we are... I wasn't. I mean, I'll just bring it up. I mean, it's gonna. I'm not sure when this podcast is gonna post, but we do have an NCAA bracket challenge going on where you can win two $25 PSN cards. Um, if you hear this podcast before noon on Thursday, the um, Thursday the 21st, um, and you can you want to enter it, it's uh, it's all over Twitter, it's all over Facebook. Click on the link. The password is Minecart. Um, have a, you know, even if you don't know basketball, fill a bracket up. You never know what's gonna happen. A lot of people that win those don't know what they're doing. So. Um, then you can also follow us on Twitter, just like I mentioned, where the bracket challenge stuff is. The main account is at PS Nation. Josh's account is at PJF Josh. Michael's is at the first MJC, and mine is at the Destiny Dave. Thank you guys so much for listening this week and taking the time. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll have a review for Division Two. I also have um, Messenger that I'm very happy that came out to PS4 last week, and um, RBI Baseball I have that I need to play as well. Because MLB season is starting soon, and MLB The Show is coming out soon. So we'll be curious to see if RBI is going to be able to even hold no. anything. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't think so. But No. Yeah. I understand. Just, <laughs> it, it looks better. I just haven't played it yet. So. I honestly, I, I saw it for sale on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't have the money for it anyway. But I looked at it and I was like, well, it's the only game, only baseball game on the Switch, and wouldn't make baseball portable. And <laughs> but I have no money anyway. And then I started looking for reviews, and every one of them is like, it's garbage, it's shit, <laughs> it's just uh-huh. don't even play it. <laughs> I was like, oh, good, I feel better now. <laughs> so, all right, Michael, you got anything for us next week? Uh, probably me just talking about C2E2 because that is what I'll be doing the entire weekend. And maybe I'll get a chance to, uh, play a little division before I head off to C2E2. Uh, and then I can join your discussion, uh, about that next week. So it's just as long as you play the game and don't use it as a sightseeing mission, Mr. Langford. Or if I don't <laughs> play Buffy, the vampire slayer, <laughs> chaos, whatever on a PS2. All right. I hope everyone has a great week. Talk to you later. Five star reviews. Thank you. Bye.